Bueller. Bueller. Nobody puts a baby in a corner. Oh, gnarly! Hey, where's the thief? I want my MTV. I want my MTV. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Hello, welcome again to Living in the 80s, the podcast. We are live in members-only studios tonight, and uh, I am with the often imitated, you know, it's Matt Moore. Hey everybody, how's it going everybody? <laughs> so we are, um, we're going to be together the next two weeks. Whoop, whoop. Uh, I, I'm just warning you now, just yes, if yes. you have other plans, make them. Or, or now, now you can schedule set time aside to spend with us. Gather the whole family See around that? the radio yes. and listen. You, you, not like you're doing anything else. Who wouldn't want to do that? Nobody I know. I know. <laughs> so we are going to be, this week we're going to be talking about, and there was no poll on this one. Me and Matt crashed our brains together and came up with what we thought were good for this topic. So... This week, we're going to be talking about TV shows that are based on the 80s. So, like, they may not have taken place in the 80s. Right. But they're about the 80s. Right. You know, from, like, the, you know, from the 90s, 2000s, but they're, they're going back to the 80s. Were they portrayed accurately? Did, yeah. did, did it look right? Was, Does was, it, did, when you turn them on, do you feel like you're in the 80s? Because I mean, cause some of these folks that they're filming these things today, they weren't even alive in the 80s. They were not. They were Especially just, the actors. They, that's, that's, yeah. yeah. So did they, did they portray us right? Yeah. Which is a, you know, to portray us. See that? It takes a lot of work. I'm just saying. I mean, it's, I mean, that's good. 80s, like us 80s kids, teenagers. Oh, we know what it was like. We know. Yeah. And we were legendary. Thank ask, you. Ask anybody that grew up in the 80s. And we'll tell you. Yes. We, that's <laughs> it. We are legendary. That is why we do what we do. And uh, thank you again, guys, for tuning in. Um, we are... This is episode 12. Episode 12. <laughs> so we have doubled our life expectancy. What would you say? Most podcasters quit at six. At six. And Look here at we us. are 12. Overachievers. Look at that. I've never been called an overachiever before. Overachiever. See <laughs> there that? It, is. There. it felt kind of good. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we now on our Facebook page, if you've not joined it yet, uh, just look for Living in the 80s. Uh, request to be part of, the, of our group, and we will make that magic happen. We are at 1,089 members. Whoop, whoop. We got a new one today. See that? Look at, at that. least one. At so. least one. Yeah. Very good. So it is. It is really great. Um, just seeing seeing how many people remember the '80s so fondly, and and tuning into this podcast and posting stuff. Uh, one of the funniest posts um, in two weeks. Uh, Matt Taylor and I are going to be doing an episode on 80s country. Oh, I can't wait. Glenn Dempsey says, Welcome to my entire music collection in the 80s. <laughs> Glenn's my guy, man. That's, oh, that's a that was funny. Day. So we're looking forward to that one. And then next week, me and Matt are going to be talking about uh, movies in the that were set in the 80s, but you know, were later. Correct. Um, so... 
You are we'll correct, do, we'll, This This will feel very similar in theme. There it is. But we're going from TV to movies. There it is. So, as we are accustomed to do around here, we are going to pick a year. We're going to go back in time. And, um, well, this is what we do. So, this week, Matt, we are going back to 1987. Come on, 87. Woo! I've been waiting on this one. (laughs) Which, Which is funny because I strategically, knowing Matt was here, we talked about it. And uh, that's one of the reasons we didn't have a back in, in time segment last week, because it would have been wasted on Randy. Yeah, that's right. I mean, no, no offense, Randy, bro. All right, but for you to get the year, and by by the year, I'm saying that's the year I graduated, baby. Come <laughs> on, 1987. That's good stuff. He just shook both fists in the air yeah, when he well, said that, like like I, he's like he's on steroids and he's jacked. But when I when I hear eighty seven, my mind goes back to the pep rallies in in high school when when they would get the cheerleaders or whatever, and, and they would get you in and you and you, know, you sit with your class and they would do the quiet. You know, they would say eighty six, eighty six. 80, 80, 80, 80, 86. That's all the losers would say that. And then they would come to 87, <laughs> and then we would be louder. 87, 87, 88. And it's like whoever's loudest. Went, and we, you know, it's 87. So Hamilton, we always won because we were loudmouths, maybe. I don't know. But, but, but man, You had more spirit. But, but I'm telling you, man, I just, I see 87. I, I'm, I'm back at a pep rally, and I just want to shout it. I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm excited. Matt is Jack, and Jack. it's funny because before we uh, started here, we uh, we partook in some pizza. Yes, we did. So big shout out to Tamo's Pizzeria in Grandview who uh, who provided our meal tonight. That's fun to say. And so we have to give them a little shout out. So if you guys are looking for a, a good New York style pizza, and that garlic bread was amazing, Tamo's. Yeah, go in there, ask for Tarek, tell him Rob sent you. Yes, he will hook you. Up. Good stuff. Good. So, good Thank stuff. you, bro. So we're sitting there. It's like it's just like the '80s, man. It is. We're baby. chilling, eating pizza, Free pizza, talking about cool stuff. Oh, come on, that's good stuff. Right so, 1987. Cost of a new home. Yes. Hundred and twenty-seven thousand two hundred dollars for a brand new home. Brand new home. That's. that's I mean, I, I, that's that's. Good. I. I don't know if that seems like a lot to me. Or... I, it does seem like a lot, and here's why I say that. Because um, you Google these things, and it's not necessarily maybe in Ohio. It's probably like the average. Because like out in California, right. you know, a house is would you know same house here or there. It would cost a lot more there, or right. you know, New York right. or someplace. So I, I'm thinking a house in in our area is probably eighty. I'm that's that's kind of the number I was thinking, like eighty or ninety, probably yeah. for a home in eighty seven. Yep. Yes. Uh, median household income was twenty six thousand dollars. Wow! Yeah, isn't that something? Rolling in that, and, and that's not that's, that's that's a household income. Yeah, because I mean I don't know about your family, but I mean my mom worked at home. I mean there, there was times that she worked out. She yeah. had jobs for for little bits periods of time, but basically my dad worked. That was it. That was the way it was with us. Dad worked. Mom stayed home. Took care of the heathens. There it is. Uh, every once in a while, she you know she. Work for a little bit here and yeah. there. Once my 
youngest brother graduated, she she went to work, you know, yeah. part time, and then she took a full time job for a while. So, but basically, a, a lot of single single incomes. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's uh, that's pretty interesting. How much was a postage stamp in 1987? You're looking at 22 cents, Rob. 22 cents. 22 cents. Yeah, they're ripping us off these days if it's 22 cents. But uh, back then. does anybody buy a stamp? When's the last stamp you purchased? About a month ago. Okay. Take I that bought back. a book we of stamps. <laughs> now, the time before that that I bought a book of stamps, it was probably a year or two. Yeah. So I don't I don't mail a lot of stuff out. Right. Thanks to online banking and so forth, it's a lot different these days. But yes, it is. Maybe if we went back to 22 cents, people might start mailing stuff again. See that? I mean, I would. It'd make me want to get on an envelope and send, a little send it. Send it. Uh, how much is a gallon of gas in 1987, Matt? Now, this I do kind of remember. It was, it was 95 cents a gallon. And I, I remember, you know, this, of course, here I'm 18 years old in 87. So, you know, 16, 17, 18 year old, I remember being around 85, 90 cents a gallon. That was pretty much... The, the age I remember buying gas. Nice. Now the now the other day, the other day, 2020, coronified with all this stuff going on, got gas for it was a dollar twenty eight, and we had ninety cents off Kroger points. Give me thirty eight cents a gallon. Woo! It, was, it hasn't been like that since the sixties. Dude, I filled up eighteen <laughs> gallons for seven dollars and six cents. That is awesome. Felt pretty good. Matt won that day. I, I won to, that day. I, Corona got me down, but I won that day. I won. <laughs> good for you, man. Good for you. I was I was pretty happy because like my car has to take premium gas, and oh, um, here we go. Yeah. So here we go. So I, I was. I was I went to Giant Eagle, had the perks points and whatever, and the listed price was dollar twenty nine. So like the regular would have been ninety nine cents. So I had to pay like a dollar thirty nine or something for it. Must be so it. rough. It it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> so my car needs premium gas. Well, I don't like okay, having to okay. have premium gas. I'd rather have regular and save okay, some dough, man. Okay, okay. I, mean, I drive a 2007 Acura. Premium it is. It premium is. it is. It even says right on the sticker, so I listen oh, to the sticker. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, a dozen eggs. dozen eggs back in 1987 will cost you $0.78. Cents. 78 cents. I think I paid $1.99 yeah. for a dozen eggs yeah, yesterday. It's, it's two bucks now. Then my wife gets these hippy-dippy eggs. That are like three something a gallon because they come out of an organic chicken's butt. A gallon? You're, you get you get eggs by the gallon? I, I feel like it. <laughs> as much as I'm buying them, I did get a dozen though for sure. Oh, that's, oh, that's, awesome. that's great. That's um, a gallon of milk, two dollars and twenty eight cents. That's about well, like that at Aldi. I was gonna say right huh? now. You yeah. get Aldi and get that. So I, get, wh- I, I paid two ninety nine for it at Meyer yesterday. Yeah, that, that maybe seems, it's two twenty nine. I don't remember. High. I don't know why. I mean, maybe or milk is just level. It is what it is. Well, I, I, I again, I think milk's one of those things that's a lot like houses oh. that different parts of the country. Yeah. Like we may be paying you know two and a quarter for a gallon of milk here in New York, it might be seven bucks for that gallon. So good point. Very good point. Because I do remember in the early to mid nineties it being like a dollar. $48.68 something. Yeah. So that, that does seem a little high, but you know, when you Google things like that, you when just you, you, trust they they got it right. Oh, it's on the internet. 
And yeah, it's on, it's on the internet. internet. It's real. It's got to be right. So. <laughs> so, Matt, outside of whooping it up at pep rallies, what were you doing in 1987? Oh, graduating from the blessed Hamilton Township High School. Uh, it was what a, a wonderful, wonderful experience. Um, what was interesting is I was thinking back to the school, you know, uh, and, and as we were thinking these TV shows, I was thinking about some of the things that I thought was right about my high school and their high school, you know, and, um, you know, in 87, we had a new section and an old section of our high school. I remember that. You know like I, mean? I didn't go there, but I had been in that school enough. Like we had our church services there yeah. for a while. Yeah. So like the, like the, the old section, the, the new section was probably built like in the seventies or something, mm-hmm. you know, first and he had a dome and a bunch of asbestos, which was awesome. Um, and then there was the old section, but I mean, now it's like a $25 million. Oh, they tore the old thing down yeah. and built a brand new one. Oh, uh, yeah. It's just, it's have small. you been in there? I have been, I did a walkthrough. I got a brick from, you know, oh, nice. I feel like an old person when you, when you, when they knock things down, you take a brick. Yeah. I have a brick. So nice. it's, I don't know what that means, but means you got a brick means I have a brick. So, but, um, yeah, I mean, so yeah, I was doing that and then, uh, the summer, um, that summer was just a blur, man. That that my, this, between high school and college, it was just kind of a blur. Obviously, started college uh, that fall. Um, went to uh, Circleville Bible College, which is now Ohio Christian University, which sounds a lot better than Circleville Bible College. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was I was voted class angel in 1987. By my wow. peers, um, which is very sad that I was their angel. <laughs> um, very, very sad. And those that are probably listening, going, "Huh, I'm not sure we got that one right, right there." <laughs> hey, if you knew then, what you know now, right? You know, if you knew then, yeah. But but no, it, I, I I love. I had a great experience at high school and, and, and all the way through school. Just. Good. And, and I think my, it might just be a, a good community, good school, good folks, great memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I love loved, uh, loved my hammy high folks. And then we were running strong in, in our, our church. Uh, yep. That was when our circle uh, really kind of took took it to a, a deeper level there with our friendships. from, And that's and then realistically, that's where most of our... Uh, our, our spare time was spent with each other. That, yep. That's where we kind of bonded, uh, you and I, and then, and then our, our circle, which seemed to get bigger all the time. It did. Uh, Everybody but, wanted uh, to be part of it. Yeah, huh? Everybody wanted to be part of it. it I mean, we, we had a, that, and I think that year was... I don't a, say that in a weird way, but, you know, yeah. good things are happening. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and that was, it was a quality group of guys, and, and uh, yeah, it was just in that year it kind of started to take off. I thought yep. I felt like agreed. So agreed. good time. Love me some '87. Nice. Well, '87. I'd been out of high school for three years at that point. Um, mm-hmm. I was dating um, Kim. Uh, let's see. I was working at Auto Body Supply, and Auto I was body. driving a 1987 Cutlass Supreme. I remember kind of a that. banana yellow color. I do remember yeah. that. Car. I think it was, that's a sweet car. Some nice wheels it on it. That is good nice. system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. good stuff. Good stuff. Like to have that again? 
If it was in great shape. In great shape, I would like to maybe drive it. <laughs> like, my, my all-time favorite car, my first car was a 1967 Chevelle. Okay. Well. Which was amazing. Now, that car, I would give up, like, one of my front teeth to drive. And sure. you can call me Snaggletooth if you want to. I want that car. <laughs> so, yeah, if anyone has a 1967 Chevelle, they would like to donate to me, I would take it. That'd be very nice. Of them. Someone should do that. They should. They should. They should. Do that. They should. Okay. Now, duly noted. Nice. Okay. So now on to the pop culture scene of uh, 1987. Okay. This this week, this very week, uh, week of May first, uh, the number we usually do top three, mm-hmm. but I'm looking at the list, going. Yeah, number four was a great show. I love number four. Yeah, number four was Moonlighting. Man, that's good stuff right there. Yes. Little Sybil Shepherd, right? Sybil Shepherd was adorable. Hey, she, I mean, I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. Big fan. Blue Moon Detective Agency is that yeah. what it was? So I didn't even look that up. I just kind of remember that's, that. That's really good. I love that show. Oh, this where we, that's where we met Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was nobody before that. He didn't die hard yet. No, he didn't die hard. He didn't... Uh, whatever he else Sin he did. City he didn't do any of that stuff that took me a second yeah uh, Hudson Hawk that was what I was thinking of yeah. so he didn't hadn't done any of that stuff yet um, but I liked I liked their chemistry I liked that show I liked I the way too. they bantered back and forth yes it was a lot of lot of lot of back and forth bickering bantering little tension there yeah, yeah. Uh, it was uh, it was a good show very fun very so. Much. Can't leave that one off the list. I might have it, to go like search for Moonlighting and yeah. watch a couple episodes. Why not? I might binge as, it. As as should the the listener right now. Let's stop what you're doing. Go watch the Moonlighting. Come we'll, back. We'll be here. We'll still be here. We'll still Just be here. Just hit pause. <laughs> uh, number three. It seems like this is on the list every week around every this, week. this this uh, between that. 85 and 89 or whatever. But the Cosby Show. Shocking. Shocking. Yeah. We've talked about it. There it is. Good show. Good show. All right. Number two. Talked about this one a lot, too. Family Ties. Family Ties. So, did you know they were based out of Columbus, Ohio, Rob? Were they really, Matt? (laughs) Thank you for that piece of information. Now, this will just be funny for those that listen to your podcast. Yes, it will be. We don't need to explain anymore. No. If you you missed it, go back to episode two, I believe it was. Two, three, something like that. You don't even need to do that. It's It's the one called Our Favorite Sitcoms where Matt um, learned... That family ties. I don't want to say learn. I think I, I just forgot. I, come on, Rob. Okay. You know, I come over here. No, hold on. I that, give you my time. Okay, that's your best mad impression because I really think you could do better. <laughs> that's let's let's move on. Let's move on. All right, Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Yes. Got that. And then the number one TV show. We've also talked about this in a lot. Love this one. Give cheers. Me some, give me some cheers. Cheers. Everybody knows your name. Sam, Diane, Woody. What? Those guys, uh, Norm, Cliffy, Carla. Norm, Carla, yeah, Cliff. Yeah, Frazier. Frazier and his wife. Lilith. Lilith, yes. Boom. Very good. So, Damn. yeah, it was a great show. Uh, last This week, as you, if you guys have been listening to or following on the Living in the 80s Facebook page, I've been doing like a 30-day challenge, different song every day. And the one we did, one of the ones this week was favorite TV theme. And uh, my favorite TV thing from the 80s was Cheers. Was it Cheers? Yeah, it was. I mean, it's a great one. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Who doesn't want to go there? Uh, I mean, I want to go. 
I want to go. I, I do too. I want to be there. I want to be there. So. Moving on to movies. Movies. The number three movie this week in 1987. A Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors. So, is it sad that the one thing I remember about that movie is that Dawkins sung the the movie theme? That might be. That might say a lot. Yeah. That might say a lot. So, Freddy Krueger haunts your dreams. I feel like it comes back and kills you. I feel like if you've seen one, you've seen them all. But maybe, pretty much. Yeah, there there are like new creative ways he'll kill you. But uh, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's pretty much you fall asleep, dream, die, right? Yep. Pretty much one, two, three, up to what? Twelve? How, how many did you make? Uh, I don't know, three or four. Then four. Freddy versus Freddy Jason Freddy, was a that thing. Was a big thing. Yeah. So if they were to reboot hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street, who would play Freddy Krueger? Who would play Freddy? Who would be Kruger? a good Freddy Krueger? Right here, right now, in this day and time. Who do you think? You ain't I don't know. I guess Robert England did an amazing job. He did. He did. as Freddy Krueger. But who would have that 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 sarcastic wit, huh. that evil twist that Freddy had? You know, I mean, staying with the '80s theme, maybe like an an older Charlie Sheen. You know what, Charlie Sheen would be. <laughs> he would probably be a great Freddy Krueger. He would be. Man, that would, how does your just, butt feel? Because you pulled that out well. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, I, I can see it though. I can yeah, see I can from, see. It goes from winning to you know. I can see it. I yeah. can see it. Charlie Sheen would be. If you're listening, Charlie, there it is. And I know you ain't doing nothing right <laughs> He's now. He's probably listening to this podcast. He right? probably is. Yeah. Yeah, Charlie Sheen. Charlie for Sheen. Sure. There we go. I like it. I like okay. it. I, I I don't think I could top it. Leave it there. Number two. I know I saw this in the theater. I don't remember a ton about it, but Creep Show Two. Creep Show Two. I, I I'm I'm sure I've seen this from Blockbuster somewhere in mm-hmm. somebody's basement one night. Um, but I don't. I mean, isn't, it, isn't this kind of like where they would tell the like little stories? Yeah, yeah, like short stories. The yeah. only one I remember there was one because. I used to say this a lot because I thought it was funny, but there was one where, like, there's a hitchhiker or something, and he ends up killing the lady, and he's like, thanks for the ride, lady. <laughs> so that's, oh, that's the memorable line I remember oh, from Creepshow 2. That's, that's pretty So, sad. yeah, Creepshow 2. I was never, like, the scary movie kind of guy. I, I just, um, I'm going to be honest. I just, well, I like them, I liked them some. Like, the, fir- I mean, the, Friday thir- yeah, the I, first two Friday the 13th were amazing. Yes. First uh, two Halloweens right. were really good. In fact, I think Hall- Halloween three was good too, because unlike you know some of these other people, like Mike Myers actually had a purpose of killing people. And, and what know, was his purpose? Of his killing well, people? because uh, of his childhood. He was abu- he was he, abused? yes he was abused, yeah. uh, neglected. So they had it coming. Yeah, they did have it coming. They, he was in a mental institution because okay. of his family. Say no more. So he's about to kill people. Sure. So. Okay. Well, that makes that makes sense. There you go. Okay. So those are probably you know, the, the first couple Nightmare on Elm Streets were good, but after that they they jumped the shark hard. Yeah. So. A little Fonzie reference. I like that. You like it? I like that. You know, that was free. Okay. Number one, it's funny that this is the number one movie. I just watched this about a month ago. Oh, yeah? Just, you know how it is. You're sitting there. You want to watch some TV. There's nothing really good on. Mm-hmm. But then you run across this, this movie and you go, 
I haven't seen that in a while. I love Michael J. Fox. Michael J. I'm Fox. I'm going to watch The Secret of My Success. Number one. Number one. Yes. Secret of My Success. So he plays an Iowa farm boy. I think it's Iowa. Um, somebody smarter than me can correct me if they feel like it. But uh, he plays like a farm boy, moves to the big city, and becomes, uh, he's, he's trying to get ahead in business. He's got a good mind for business. And he ends up working at this firm, and he's, he's posing as an executive while actually being employed in the mailroom. Yeah, he starts at yeah, the mailroom. Yeah. That's right. Okay. And his love interest is Helen Slater, mm-hmm. who is adorable. Adorbs. She was Supergirl. Thank you. But uh, she, you know, it was, it was a pretty good movie. Okay. Uh, the whole time, there's a lot of hijinks because he's got to be two people at once and two places at once. So and what's a good movie without some hijinks? You gotta have some hijinks. You need some hijinks. His boss's wife is trying to sleep with him, and he's trying See? to avoid her. See, so yeah, I mean, it's it's a ton. Well, interestingly enough, he also plays like a farm boy in um, Bright Lights, Big City, which is a drama. People like doing cocaine and stuff in that movie. So huh. the well, now, but, the but, light and the dark side of Michael J. Well, and but here he is. He's got the number two show in the country. Yeah. The number one movie in the country, same year. Yeah. I mean, the boys live in large. Yeah. And he's and, Canadian. And he's Canadian. Top of all that, he's Canadian. That's so something. Michael J. Fox. So before we get out of 1987, my favorite part is the music of 1987. It is your favorite part, isn't it? I, I just I just love that 80s music. I know. It, it's my feet a-tapping, my fingers a-snapping. <laughs> so uh, here is the uh, the top three for this week in Number three song this week in 1987, Don't Dream It's Over by Crowded House. Man, I, I love the way that song starts. I mean, as soon as you hear the beginning of that, that's good stuff. That right is there. a good song. That's a good song. Very good song. So the the lead singer for Crowded House is Neil Finn. Like, Neil who Finn. in the world is that? Who is that? So here's who that was. So I first was introduced to Neil Finn back in the very, very early MTV days. Him and his brother Tim and some other guys were in a band called Split Ends. N is E-N-Z. And they had some MTV hits. Because back, back in the beginning of MTV, they had uh, they could play they would play any videos they could get. So we're getting a lot of new wave stuff, a lot of you know British import videos and stuff. So we're being introduced to some of these bands we would have never been exposed to before. They had a really cool sound. A lot of it sounded, you know, like Crowded House. And um, I, I fell in love with them right away. And then when Crowded House came out, I went out and bought that tape fairly quickly. Very good. Very good guys. Uh, that was a good band. And also one of my favorite covers. Uh, a few years later, Sixpence None the Richer covered mm-hmm. it. Uh, they were previously a Christian band. I guess they always were, but they right. did have some mainstream success, and it was with that song. So, yeah, this week, 1987, number three, Don't Dream It's Over. I'm looking for a new love. 
number two song in this week in 1987. Uh, this is the one that we talked about because this is the one you told me so many times she was your crush. You loved this girl. We're talking about, you know it, Jody Watley. Remember? You, you know I didn't say that. You know you did. Look okay. At, look God, at, is hit, God is sitting here right now with us. <laughs> and you know very well. No, she's not ugly. She's not. She's not ugly. She's okay. not my crush. Okay, okay. My 80s girl crush was Belinda Carlisle. Okay, okay. Let's just Belinda put that Carlisle. Oh, Jody Wiley. And, and I'm sorry, number one was Elizabeth Shue. Boom, shakalaka. But anyhow. Okay, okay. Jody Wiley <laughs> looking for a new love. So, I mean, we, we, we watched the video just to kind of refresh. Watch the video. Bit. You were dancing to it. Uh, that's not important. You were. <laughs> it's catchy. It's catchy. Okay, maybe not. Rob rolls his eyes. Okay, he's not a Jody Wiley fan. Let's just no. leave it at that. <laughs> do, do, you, you've made a lot of mixtapes in your lifetime. I have. Yes or no, have you ever put a Jody Wiley song on a mixtape? No. I'm going to ask you again. I'm going to ask you again. One time, one tape, one person, even for a crazy reason, have you ever put a Jody Wiley song on a mixtape? No. Okay, there it is. But I will say this. There's an asterisk. When when she was with Shalimar, I put a Shalimar song on a couple mixtapes. I told you he loved her. But she was like a background singer. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. But, uh, yeah, Jody Wiley looking for a new love. It was a huge hit back then. Uh, very danceable if you're a dancer. I'm not. No, no. So there's that. But Matt, obviously... I'm just was saying. digging it. I'm just saying. Hey, you're allowed. Looking you're allowed. For a new love, baby. A new love. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Guys, there's words don't express the pain I'm going through oh, right at this on. moment. Let's, let's move on. Let's okay. Move on. Uh, which would bring us to number one. Okay. And the number one song this week in 1987, I Just Died in Your Arms by Cutting Crew. That's good stuff right there. That is good stuff. I, we will agree on that. That that's, is a, that's a cool song. song that has uh, it's held up well. So Cutting Crew, uh, they had a couple hits. Uh, one for the Mockingbird, I've Been in Love Before. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were the first band signed to Virgin Records. Really? You know I just remember that. See, we learn so much when you talk <laughs> 80s music. <laughs> well, it, it's just, I've got this like this this glue covered mouse trap in my brain mm-hmm. and sometimes these little known facts stick. There it is. I can't tell you anything useful in life, no good life lessons Probably not. at all. Nope. But I can tell you that Cutting Crew was the first band signed by Virgin Records. No, I know. Now it's I crazy. Know. So, those are the top 3 songs uh for 1987. If you're looking at the Billboard charts, the Hot 100, uh, there were some songs there that I could get behind a little bit more than our top three here. Mm-hmm. Not that one and three weren't bad songs, but there's some other ones too. Like, for example, number 15 song. Come was, as you are. 
by Peter Wolf. By Peter Wolf. That was a cool song. That is a very, if you're going to a party, it's the kind of song you want to hear cranked up. Um, Peter Wolf, lead singer for Jay Giles Band. Uh, just very smooth. Every, all his solo stuff was really good, but uh, Come As You Are was... Was a uh, was, was a very cool song. I really like. Now some of these numbers, like number fifteen, thirty six, fifty one. Yeah. Now this is during this week, and yes. So some of these may have climbed up. Yeah. Higher. Some of these went higher. Some of them didn't really do quite as much. But um, yeah, that was it. What's some other ones you like? Uh, Heartbreak beat, psychedelic furs, number thirty six. I like just saying psychedelic furs. Psychedelic furs. Psychedelic furs. So if you guys uh, know who they are, they're a new wave band, 80s band, obviously. Uh, they sung Pretty in Pink, the theme yeah. song from yeah. the movie, which was actually a hit a couple years before that, remade for the movie, had the saxophone and stuff like that. So uh, Psychedelic Furs, uh, that's one of those bands that you just kind of, you felt like you were cooler when you were listening to them. Psychedelic and it's fun to say. It is very fun it's to say. It's very fun to say. <laughs> Number 51, uh, Smoking Gun by Robert Cray. Robert Cray was a, a blues guitar player. Uh, didn't do a ton of uh, top 40 chart music, but like uh, the album-oriented rock stations like QFM here in Columbus, uh, they would play this song. And just very, very good guitar work. So make sure you check that one out if you're looking for... Uh, if you're like me, sometimes you like discovering these songs that made us, you know, went under the radar during the 80s. Like, you know, you're, like you've heard all these 80s songs so many times. But then there's those songs that, like, maybe you hadn't heard or that you forgot about. Crank this one up, man. It sounds just very, very sharp song. Uh, also, another... Uh, song one of my favorite 80s bands uh bruce hornsby in the range did mandolin rain love that song i bet that went much higher than 60. it did i think i think it got to top 10 uh but that was a that was a very very cool song he's just got a good smooth delivery he did a lot of piano playing for like don henley uh he did some stuff with the nitty-gritty dirt band on his solo stuff he did two or three really really good albums i know he did some stuff with bonnie Raitt. So he's very well respected, and, and you know the solo stuff's good. Very good. So this last one here is one that maybe you have, maybe you haven't heard before. Uh, I'm talking about Wild Horses, mm-hmm. sung by Gino Vanelli. Mm-hmm. Um, that song is number 84 this week in 1987. I think it didn't get any higher than like 82. Hmm. It didn't really do a ton. But again, if you're looking for one of those really, really cool songs, you know what? Let's just play a little part Let's of that, shall we? Bit. All right. Sun goes down on the Arizona plain, and the wind whistles by like a runaway train. It's a beautiful thing. Oh, it's me and you in a flatbed truck, and my heart kicking up like a white tail bucking. In the middle of spring. You can cut me deep, you can cut me down, you can cut me loose, don't you know it's okay?
Why wasn't that a bigger hit? Man, that's a great song. I I just don't. I think if his he had a different name, he yeah. might have he might have yeah. been a bigger. But you know you know that song in the seventies. I just want to stop. Tell you what I feel about yeah. you. Yeah, right. yeah, that's him. That's him. Yeah, a lot of a little ah. soft rock kind of thing. Yeah. And he came out with this album. Like that whole album is. It's called Big Dreamers Never Sleep. That is a great album. Oh man, that's, beginning and that's to the end. First time I've ever heard that song. Yeah. It, you and probably the other five people listen to this podcast. Maybe six. Maybe six. <laughs> maybe this six week. this week. Let's we hope could so. be going up. All right. So yeah, that that's that was uh, one of my favorite tunes this week in 1987. So Very good. I, I think we have probably milked 1987 as much as we can, don't you think? But but you know what? It's a great thing to milk. It is. It was a great year to milk <laughs> for my fellow 87 graduates out there. Come on, give me a little what what? I, I didn't hear you. Let's do one more. Oh my eighty-seven graduates out there, give me a little what what? Okay, I'm sure. I'm sure they are. I'll both of them are doing that. (laughs) All right, I'll tell you what. We're gonna pause for a brief uh, word from our announcers, and then we will be back with our discussion on our favorite TV shows based on the eighties. Sure, Sir Isaac Newton unraveled the mysteries of gravity, but could he have unraveled the mysteries of Rubik's Cube? Three weeks ago, Judge Smith retired to her chambers with Exhibit A, Rubik's Cube. She hasn't been seen since. Warning, once you get your hands on Rubik's Cube, you may never be able to put it down. Rubik's Cube, over three billion combinations, but just one solution from Ideal. Welcome back to the show. Uh, I am happy that you guys stuck around this long. So what we are going to do right now is is a show that I am looking forward to because I have a feeling that the people that created these shows have probably grew up about when we did and they have a real a great appreciation for 80s culture and so forth. So um, what we're going to do, uh, we're going to talk about shows that, you know, they didn't take place in the 80s they're recently made yeah yeah recently made tv tribute to the 80s you know they they, they're set in the 80s that's what i'm looking for they're set in the 80s and not all of them are great no but these are ones we remember now this is just off the top of our heads like we didn't do a, a survey on on the facebook page we didn't do anything like that but we you know we did talk about these are shows that you know we need, you know, and, and it, I think when these shows were made, they were geared toward you and I. They were geared yeah. toward folks that were, you know, raised in the '80s, thinking that that nostalgia alone is going to make us watch these shows, right? And so, the, the question, the premise of of this podcast right now is, did they get it right? Yeah. Did they? I mean, if you nicely grew, said, if you grew up in the '80s and then you you, you watch some of these shows. Do you still do you feel like you were back in the eighties, or or were they way off base and right. just made by a bunch of millennials who just trying to capitalize bunch on of, bunch of Randy nostalgia, bunch of Randy, bunch of Randy, Randy millennial, Randy millennial Nelsons that don't you know what I'm saying? Maybe, oh yeah, maybe yeah. yeah. So so what we're gonna do? We're gonna start off with one that that really wasn't very good. They, yeah. And, and and I will be honest with you, Matt. I watched maybe one episode and just said, "Forget it. This is no good." 
Yeah, I know. I I I knew I watched a few episodes because I really, really wanted, you wanted to, to like it. I wanted yeah. to like it. Yep. But the show we're talking about is the that eighties show. That eighties show. Now, as awesome as that seventies show was, right? The eighties was eighties show was that not awesome. Yeah, and, and the show just happened because the success of that seventy show. Right. And so I mean, and that was great, phenomenal cast. I mean, top to bottom. I mean, that that was a great cast who are still doing a lot of great, wonderful things. And then so with the success of that, they just jumped and they thought they'd just ride their coattails, and boom, we've got that eighty show, and there's just not. No, it it, it it just it fell it fell flat on its face. Um, it's like even if you look looking it, at the cast, it, or... if you look at the cast, um, there only one character shows up on IMDb, and that's Andrew Michael Spence who played Andy. Watch as Andy takes a break from bad films to discuss an underwhelming follow up to a well loved sitcom. Pretty sad. <laughs> it is very sad. Let's, let's see if we Wikipedia it. Uh, what happens there? Yeah, I'm looking at the cast here, and I don't see a single name that I recognize. Which is, yeah. it's, you know, the 70s show, boop, yep. overload. I'm looking at it, too. There is not a single... I've got Glenn Howerton, Tinsley Grimes, Eddie Shin, Shiler Lay. Like, none of these people... Nothing. Nothing. Not a so, I, I think, I think no. you, you know, you. I think you... You've been better off, like, if I were to cast the 80s show, I would, like, maybe take Ashton Kutcher and maybe make him a, like, a, an English teacher. Right. Like, he's a perpetual stoner. At some point, he got his crap together, right. graduated college, and becomes this English professor. There it is. And he's dealing with all these 80s kids. You know, that's... And then that's... maybe he's got this little dating life going on, you know, maybe juggling different women and stuff. And then you know, got these kids with their little things, and then you know they could have kind of complimented each other. Yeah, they sh- there should have been a, a carryover from the '70s show, much like School and and the Goldbergs. Goldberg. Yeah, that that, that we'll, 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 we'll definitely be talking about the Goldbergs Absolutely. later. Absolutely, but School had had that 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 tie-in, which kind of helped handshake that, right? And kind of. I like all in the family and the Jeffersons. You there know? it is. They, you, there was some continuity there. Like you had characters you were invested in. You know, like what if Fez was a driver's ed teacher? Thank you. Later, I mean, is that, that was that so hard. That why are easy. we producers? I don't. We should be. These guys <laughs> didn't get it right, and they got paid. But it's. Uh... But the the one redeeming quality, the one redeeming quality from that '80s show is the theme song, which is. Our theme song, our theme where we got the name Living in the 80s. The song is called 80s by Killing Joke. Now, we didn't get it from the show. No. I already knew this song. But they used that theme. So they got one thing right. They had a cool theme. So there's someone somewhere that was on the cutting edge. Yeah. Whoever was in charge of the music picking out, they got it right. Then he probably got fired. The rest of these people? Yeah. Sorry about you, man. You just okay. you you didn't you didn't do very well. Appreciate the try though. Appreciate yeah, nice try. Nice try. <laughs> Let's look at some other ones that got it right. Me. Well, who who you got next on your list? Uh, Red Oaks. Red Oaks. Red Oaks. Now this is a good show. You guys may or may not have heard of this. Maybe you've seen it while you're browsing in your Amazon Prime streaming app. Correct. Um, this is a show that takes place, I believe, in 1987. Mm-hmm. 
So Matt kind of relates to this um, this, this show pretty was. well. And basically, it's about a, a character. Um, his name was David Myers. He's 20 years old. He works at a country club. And he uh, it's about his misadventures, and you know, he's trying to get into college and and uh, lots of lots of stuff around there. They do a very good job at portraying the 80s, the, f- the, s- the fashions, the music's a little more on the new wave side, so it definitely has that 80s feel very well. Uh, fun fact about this show, uh, do you know who, uh, who uh, young David's mother is in the show? Uh, would it be uh, Jennifer... Gray. Jennifer Gray. Come you got on, it, man. You got it. Huh? Yes. There and and that there is a lot of there's a few good stars in this. There's some people with some recognizable, you yeah. know, you know these people. Yeah. So, it, it, very good show. I I caught onto this a couple years ago and really really enjoyed it. Um uh some of the it, other names uh, Paul Reiser's Paul Reiser's plays his boss. Huh? And his boss is Paul Reiser and the uh, Richard track. Kind. Um, there's a couple other faces we recognized. Josh Myers, Oliver Cooper, which you think oh, I don't know who that is. You've seen him in other stuff. Trust us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, it's it's a, uh, a very good, very well done show. It lasted two seasons. Each of them's like eight episodes, I believe. But uh, ten episodes or ten episodes each. Um, it actually lasted three ep- three three seasons. I'm sorry. Um, it, they do a good job. I love the show. So check it out. If you're bored, you're looking for something fun to watch, th- this will get you through for a little bit. So uh, Red Oaks is the next one. Um, we're gonna. I'm going to skip around here just a little bit, uh, Matt, and do another cable series that I, I shout from the mountaintops how good this show is. All right, I'm, I'm listening. So you've seen Karate Kid, right? I, who, who has not? What this list is podcast. Everybody listens podcast has seen Karate Kid. Karate Kid. Absolutely, but not everybody here has watched the show Cobra Kai. What? There's a show called Cobra Kai. I am excited about this show, guys. Tell us more. So, fast forward. So the last time that that we you know we see Ralph Macchio in all three Karate Kid movies. The last time we see Johnny is at the end of the first one. You know, Johnny, the blonde-haired dude, sweep the leg. Sweep the leg. Yeah. Yeah. So we flash forward 35 years. Daniel LaRusso has got his own car dealership. He does. Doing great. Pretty wife. Couple good kids. Mm -hmm. You know, he's on top of the world. Johnny, doing odd jobs. Yeah. He's, you know, he's... Getting in arguments with the people he's working for, drinking a lot of beer, just yeah. little tiny, you know, trash hole apartment. Just Cooper life guy. isn't going well. He's got a red firebird that is not too bad. Yeah, not uh, too uh, bad. Yeah. Listen to a lot of poison and white snake and stuff. Kind of like <laughs> you would think, Johnny. Johnny kind of like got frozen in time. Yeah, like after after he lost that bout, that his life went downhill. Downhill, and so. You're kind of feeling sorry for him a little bit, mm-hmm. and so, and not to give away too much of the show, but Johnny's trying to get back on track, and part of his getting on track, he you know he he wants to clean himself up, reopen the Cobra Kai dojo. Yeah, 
Come on. Yeah, but but this time it, it's not. They're not the cutthroat guys that you know that we remember from the first movie. He There's wants no to. Have, in this dojo. Yeah, he wants to have a legitimate train these kids for self defense and stuff like that. But no matter what he does, there are setbacks. And there's conflict between him and Daniel all these years later. So, guys, trust me when I tell you, watch this show. Uh, it's only on YouTube TV. You can see a couple episodes for free on yeah, regular YouTube. That you can see the first two for free. and That's where I I was at. So. Yeah. So, uh, trust me, you guys. You love things 80s. Uh, the, the place, it, it takes place modern day, but it is... And there's so many flashbacks and so much stuff and the soundtracks and everything's good. So just uh, seeing Ralph Macchio, you know, walking around. I mean, it's got to be great, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Seeing I mean, that's that. Good stuff. Uh, so that 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 is a, another that that's a great show. Okay. Which brings us to another great show, and and Matt, I want to throw you a curve. Almost. Huh? It's not on the list. Okay, I I, I worry because about it. I forgot about. Right. Putting it on here, and you're probably going to want to punch me. I'm listening. Psych! Oh, come on! Oh, my goodness. That show. I love that show. <laughs> we, we just watched it. Me and Shelly just watched a couple episodes last night. I, I could watch that. It's like yeah. The Office. If it's on, you're watching it. Boom. I so, it. if you guys have not watched Psych. Watch it. This There are more 80s references in this show yeah, every episode than about anything. Every episode starts in the eighties. Yes, with, with a flashback yep. to nineteen eighty four, eighty seven, and a life lesson that that he has learned from his father, uh-huh. Corbin Burnson. Yep. Uh, and which and, is an eighties reference right there. Boom. Major League, L.A. Law. What? Boom, boom, boom. And he's the dad. They start off, and then whatever that little life lesson he learned in the eighties comes to life in this episode. That's I just, right. I love it. So. Great show. Sean Spencer. Sean Spencer. He has got a photographic memory. Yes. And he leads people to believe that he's psychic. He's a psychic. The yes. psych, psychic detective. Psychic detective. So him and his sidekick, Gus. Gus or whatever he wants to get. Gus Winklebean. Yeah. This is uh, yeah. Gus was, Goodfellow. Gus Goodbar. Gus Stefan. He was... Uh, <laughs> he was in... Um, and he, was a, he was a Buckeye the other day. Antonio... Uh, he's the name he said. Oh my goodness, that's gonna bug me now. I'll come back to that one. Okay, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he always has a fake name. Yeah, it's I'm always not, a fake name. Always a fake. Uh, name. And Sean, and it's funny because the the interaction you can tell these guys are best friends in real oh, life. Easy. The way they play off each other when Sean makes up these stupid names and Gus just kind of looks at him. Uh, like, come not, on, man. There's not much better. Man. So that show is amazing. They have a ton of cameos on there from like every. Every cast member from the Breakfast Club, except oh, yeah. for Emilio Estevez, right. who they can never get because right. he thinks he's cooler than he is, yeah. um, was part of Psych at one point. Yeah, Ali Sheedy. Ali Sheedy played a, a psycho. Yeah, crazy. Um, Anthony Michael Hall played a cop. Yep. Uh, what did Molly Ringwald do? Hmm. I remember the episode. I I can't I can't remember. Right I can't remember. Yeah, Judd Nelson was a doctor. Yeah. So those guys were all in it. I mean, like Kurt Smith for Tears for Fears. Like some rich guy hires him to just play everybody wants to rule the world. Like I don't want to hear no other songs. I don't hear no new stuff. So he's paid like thousands and thousands of dollars to play That's the piano awesome. by his pool all day. That's awesome. And and he witnesses a murder. What? <laughs> so 
A lot of murder, a lot of solving of murders. It's a lot like, of comedy. It's, it's like good. they it's get fun. it. Yeah. Guys, if 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 you're looking for an 80s pop culture feel good refresher like yeah, binge it. It's on Amazon Prime Amazon right now. Prime, yes. It's free. So start watching Psych. If you missed it the first go around, watch it. This uh, I think this Christmas are doing another Christmas special. Yes. So yeah, Psych. That's a, that's a great one. Good stuff. So the next one is a show that was out in 1999, 2000 season. Yes. Uh, this uh, is one of my all time favorite shows, Freaks and Geeks. Great show. Oh my goodness, this show. Um, I could watch over and over and over again. I've I've probably watched it through probably four times. Yeah. Now the the seasons. It was just the two seasons. One season. One season. One yeah. season. Yeah. Um, sixteen episodes, I think, or thirteen to sixteen. Yeah. Uh, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, I, basically, it it takes place in 1980. Um, these kids are freshmen in high school. And they're 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 the they're the geeks, mm-hmm. and um, they are um, uh, undersized mostly. It's like a brother and a sister. Yeah, yeah, it's a brother and sister. I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you. Um, so Linda Cardellini plays Lindsay Weir. She's a brain, very smart, um, good grades, good girl, and she's getting tired of kind of. You know, being, being part of the establishment, and she befriends, you know, the the freaks at her school. They call them, you know, more like we would have called them the hoods, you know, the the outliers, the the social outcasts. Well, in, in some respect, they almost seem like the cool kids. They they did yeah. because like the jocks at the school didn't come across real cool, right? Kind of doofuses. So get this, get this cast. So we got Linda Cardellini, right? She's on ER. She was she was in uh, the Avengers movies. She played um, Hawkman's wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has been in a lot. You guys know her. Lots of stuff. James Franco, um, Seth Rogen, Jason Segal. These guys are. They all got their start on this show, and this mm-hmm. show is amazing. And those one, three dudes right there are like a who's who for Hollywood right oh, now. Oh yeah, and if if it if they couldn't get any better than that, Tom Wilson. Yes. Was in this show. From Back to the Future. Biff. Biff. Biff Tannen. Yeah, he's he plays the, a gym teacher. He's a gym teacher. Um, I like Busy Phillips. Busy Phillips, too. Yeah, she's was, in this. She played she Kim was, Kelly. But she was cool, too. Yeah, she was She was great. Uh, one of my, my favorite characters on here was, was Bill Haverchuk, which was is played by Martin Starr. So he you, you've probably seen him in a lot of stuff. He's most recently on Silicon Valley. He shows up on movies and TVs a lot. Uh, TV shows a lot. Just this cast is great. So Sh- basically, it, it goes through the Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf, yeah, he's a he's a little a smaller mm-hmm. kid in right, their class. Right. Yeah, so yeah, he's um, yeah, I forgot about him being on there. And, t- and tell him what I what I told you today. Oh yeah, Squints is in it. Squints, yeah, from Sandlot. He plays a bully, and for some reason, I guess because he wasn't wearing the glasses, right? Maybe like I, it wasn't relating to me that that's who that was. But Squints is in this movie. I mean, come on. So I, I know I have talked this movie up about how great it is, and you guys want to go watch it. Yeah, because because it's great. But unfortunately, there's nowhere to 
to watch it unless you buy the DVD or Blu-ray. Um, it was on Netflix for the longest time, and you know, about a year ago they, you know, cycled through it and decided to to move past it. And so um, it's not on any other streaming service. But if it, it, I'm sure it will eventually one of these It'll days back come back, yeah. watch it. You can Basically, see clips on YouTube, yeah. but yeah. So it, it takes these students through an entire year of high school, the ups, the downs, coming of age, um, the awkwardness of, of the, the younger kids at the school dance, the, um, the school dance scene yes. uh, we were watching a little bit ago that uh, it's epic. So it's, it, it, I think it's a great portrayal. Yes. Yeah. Because you can almost feel the emotions these kids are going through trying to be accepted, try to fit in, try to, you know, try to get with that girl that's out of your league to the whole thing beginning to end. Jason Seagal thinking he's the next Neil Peart and he can't even hardly play drums. <laughs> it is, it is great. So you guys, you get a chance, freaks and geeks, check it out. It is wonderful. Good show. So the next one we're going to talk about, this thing is a quote unquote phenomenon. It is. Stranger Things. Stranger Things. My daughter loves it. Does she really? I didn't think she I would. I think she would be scared. She was scared. She didn't watch it season one. She didn't watch it at the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, but but some of her friends did. And then when, when some of her friends did, she's... Suddenly of, it's okay to watch. Oh, now it's cool. And, yeah. I mean, she loves Eleven. She loves the whole... You know, she she's cool with it. She's cool with it. Yeah. I love what a great what oh, a great series. Very well written. I the the theme song. It, it's an instrumental theme. Yeah. It even sounds eighties. I mean, seriously, check out this theme. Tell me what you think. Now, tell me, that theme song could have been created in the 80s. I'm telling you, that is the 80s. I just, you feel it. You feel it. I mean, that's, you're there. A little synth. I mean, that's just it. I like it. They do such a great job at dropping you into the 80s in this show. They did. I mean, they don't go over top with the haircuts or the styles or whatever. They, They look very... Much how I remember '80s styles right. and and stuff uh, being the music soundtrack. Uh, and uh, in season one, they played "Should I Stay or Should I Go" by The Clash a lot. Right. Um, so there's lots of cool music in this movie. Um, the characters are, are are very good. The younger characters, plus the adults, Winona Ryder's in it. Right. Uh, Paul Reiser's in it again. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just all about these '80s shows. Love it. So um, I I love it. I love season three, the shopping mall. That mall when they when they went to that mall, I thought, oh shut up! So much attention to detail. It was it was wonderful. Oh my gosh! And they're drinking new Coke. Like who thinks of that little? I mean, there uh, it was. I, I when they created this mall for the movie. I mean, and and they're done shooting. Well, I guess they destroy the mall, but that's. But I yeah. just thought, man, I just want to hang out there. I wanted, I wanted to hang out there. I wanted to go. I wanted to. I wanted to. But what, what I like about the this particular series and, and their 80s 
um, influences is like you said, they don't go over the top. Like in a movie, sometimes you have an hour and a half, and so you really want to go all in to show you that this is the eighties. And sometimes it's a little too exaggerated, or you're, oh, yeah. you're, you're showing me too much too soon, or too but, much too much of a parody. Yeah, and, yeah. And, but the, this is uh, it's just so subtle. Like something that, that they don't make a big deal about. But when I watched this series, I thought that says a lot to me was their focus on bike riding. That bike. Oh, yeah. Because in the 80s, if you wanted to know where people were, you would see where the bikes are in the yard. And they, yeah. they, they pull the bikes up, they park them by, they just you know let them fall down by a tree. And yeah. so no kickstand. You no, had them, but you didn't no, use them. No. And, and that's how you knew where people were at. And, and they do that. They just... They they're all riding bikes and they're going here and there and oh they're on their bikes and and that that said a lot to me just just the uh, I mean I, I'm I, there's a Facebook page on uh, what was it Huffy Huffy Pro Thunder or something like you know, these these bikes from the seventies <laughs> and eighties nice. man I'm like oh, check that out nostalgic man I love it but they're just the way that they're giving each other rides or doubling people and. Mm-hmm. It just, uh, that was the 80s, you know, for me growing up. That was my 80s. That's how I remember things yeah. being. And, and I mean, so, you don't, you can't just get on your app and, you know, find a friend, you know, see where your friends are GPS. It was, oh, there's six bikes over at Daryl's house. Let's go to Daryl's. Something's going on over there. I mean, that's where you knew people were at, you know, yep. it's, it's the bikes. And and that's, I think that's a, a neat little influence in a show. That oh, they, yeah. I, I like that. They Absolutely. didn't leave that out. Pretty yep. cool. The cars, the music, the bikes, the kids. N- nothing not to like about this show. Love it. Uh, a l- little scary. If you're, mm. if you get spooked. I-, I mean, I wasn't scared. Was I? But, but at the same time, it's like, you know, if you've got younger kids around, they may be a little freaked. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. So, it's good stuff. So, yeah, that, that Stranger Things. Great. It's on Great Netflix. Go, it go, Just go watch it. Just if you haven't, go watch you're in a pandemic right now. you got nothing to do. Go what watch Stranger Things. What else are you Things. doing? The only other thing I could think of doing is watching reruns of the Goldbergs. Bingo. Boom. That's like how it. I did that there? That was just, good. That was good. Transition that. That was nice. So, this show, I love this show. Mm. Um, we've got Adam Goldberg. Is, is the producer of this show and the writer. And uh, the, this is an autobiographical account of him growing up in the 80s. And I, I was watching an interview by him uh, just last night. And he was talking about how he's really toned down his family life a little bit. Like, really? we see all this exaggerated stuff on there. He's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little tame. Like, our family was crazy. No way. So, yeah. So, if you guys haven't seen this, uh, Jewish family, uh, they grow up in, uh, they live in suburban Philadelphia. So, you've got uh, the father and the mother, uh, Beverly and Maury. Maury, yeah. Uh, and the kids are Barry, Erica, and Adam. Yep. And they, they're kind of... Barry and um, Eric are about a year apart, and then uh, Adam's about three years behind Barry. And uh, just seeing them, you know, go through high school and life and coming of age and so forth, it's a comedy. And the over the top portrayal of the characters is done perfect. It is. Like Beverly's the mom, and the way she smothers the kids is just, it's hilarious. So, um, I, when it first came out, I thought, oh, it's in, it's about the 80s. 
and, and I really wanted to like it, and I thought, oh, I, you almost don't want to watch it because I was afraid I wasn't going to like it, and and daggone it, I just, I mean, from episode one, I thought, oh, this show's gold. It this is. This show is gold. And they do an awesome job with the uh, product placement, with the pop culture references of the mm-hmm. time, um, just the, the attitudes the kids have are very much like they were back then. Oh, yeah. Like fighting over the phone. Oh, absolutely, um, yeah. Getting mad at Dax, he wouldn't give him money. Yeah, and um, like like Shelly would also also talk about like her her dad was kind of like the dad like come in takes pants off you know just sit Fred on would come take his pants yeah, off yeah, apparently yeah, yeah apparently. I wasn't around I wasn't around but you know he would just uh, you know socks off shoes off boom rub my feet <laughs> whatever so so Erica plays uh, of course the older daughter she um, very pretty cute as could be oh yeah cute girl. Uh, she is an excellent singer in real life, mm-hmm. and um, her aspirations of becoming, you know, a singer uh, is, you know, kind of one of the f- focal points of the show. Uh, Barry, the middle brother, um, hilarious. I dopey, dorky, love him. Rob thought nineteen eighties. I am telling you guys, when I'm watching you this show, it, it might as well be a documentary. <laughs> Barry Barry thinks he's this great athlete, but he's not. Yeah, he thinks he is this awesome ladies man, but he's not. <laughs> just his actions, his uh, just the way that he carries himself. Over the Except top. for I didn't run like that. I do oh, now. Man, he runs. I do. <laughs> but he he kind of runs with his hands he's straight behind. down, flailing to the side. Oh, but uh, wow. it, it just cracks me up how how he. He does that now. He's a lot more confident than I was back then. He's very confident. But, you know, like, if you ask my brothers and sisters and you showed them the Goldbergs, they'd say, who's that character remind you of? Right away, they would tell you, it's that's me. Rob. That's Rob. But, uh, which makes it that much more endearing oh, to me. Oh, that's great. And then Adam, the youngest son, who um, is doing, you know, the director and writer and stuff, He he's always got a video camera. He's always playing with his toys, the Legos, the Star Wars figures, the G.I. Joe stuff, and... And he has, you know, the real life character has collected this stuff all these years. So you've you've never you've never um, had um, this kind of um, uh, show like this, where the right. the writer is so ingrained in the characters. So I mean, uh, two thumbs up on this show. Well, yeah, and I, I like that just about every scene in the movie, in the show, um, there will be a re- a real life. It, when the show's over, as they do their their exiting credits, they'll have like the real clip that was taken in the eighties. You know, like mm-hmm. a real a real film that Adam made as a kid, mm-hmm. and and it will be basically what we just saw in in that particular episode, almost verbatim. Mm-hmm. You know, and they'll put they'll do the side by side, and you can see how how he had them acting just what they did back in nineteen eighty whatever. Oh yeah, and um, I, I love the fact. Because they try not to get too hung up on specifics on times. At the beginning of every episode, it's like 1980-something. 1980-something. And you, you may have a, a reference to, you know, Culture Club, but at the same time, like they're contemporary and new, but at the same time having a reference to 
something else, you know, right. so, something completely in a different time frame, but in the same episode. It's so, so if you're looking right. to 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 pick it apart for that, Not you probably be. can. Yeah, but don't do that. Sit and don't watch the show for what it is. Just enjoy. It's enjoyable, and, and I, I like the. Um, I think it's is it Beverly's brother, uh, Stan Fogler, Marvin. Is, is it? Is oh it, yeah. No, it's the dad's brother. Yeah, it's the dad's brother. He is like the over. Every he's not on there often. He's like maybe every kind of recurring role. Yeah, every yeah. every tenth episode or whatever. But when he comes in, he is over the top eighties. Oh yeah, to, you know the DeLorean. He had a DeLorean for a I while. Mean, he had the, the Miami Vice suit. Yeah, he is. He's the hilarious, stereotypical eighties yes. trying way too hard guy. Brings a lot of neat fun. He's stuff wonderful. And if 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 you're thinking, okay, where have I seen that guy before? He's also on The Walking Dead. Oh. So yeah, he's a he plays one of the apocalyptic survivors. Great so. show, Goldbergs, love it, love it, love it, love it. Yeah, so if you've not watched the Goldbergs, if you've been putting it off, go check it out. You go can, check it out. I mean, it's it's on every week still. It's on Hulu. The you mama can see was on free. Reno nine one one, which really hilarious. I saw she was in Bridesmaids too. Oh yeah, she was. Yeah, so yeah, she that that's a, that her that's, sweaters. The sweaters are amazing. I mean, <laughs> which is funny because one of the another one of the things I like about the show is like they will sh- they'll show his real home movies, yeah. But then they'll also show he'll interview the characters today, like his real life yes. mom. One episode at the end right. was showing her sweater collection in the closet, and my goodness, there are hundreds of them. Amazing. So amazing. it yeah. was uh, it, it it's good stuff. So and I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably seen the Goldbergs. I hope I hope you I have. I would hope you. If would. you're not, if you haven't, you owe it to yourself. Great yeah. show. So Matt, I think that's all we got for TV. All right. Are you good? I, I like it. I, Anything I, else? I'm pretty happy with it. I'm right. pretty happy with the TV. We Me love too. the A's. I, I think. I think on on a on a on a big scale, I, I think they do a pretty fair job. And I'm glad that there are people out there making shows geared towards us. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and that's the, the gist of it. Mm-hmm. They're trying to reel us in, and mm-hmm. by and large. Besides that 80 show, mm-hmm. uh, it works. Yeah, they've done a good job. So good congrats job. to them. Thank congrats. you. Thank you for giving us entertainment. Thank you, Hollywood. All right. So next week we will be back and are very similar to this week. We're going to be talking about movies that uh, that that are set in the 80s that weren't made then. So. Be thinking about it. What movies will we be talking hmm. about? Hmm. I, I think wonder. I got a couple ideas. Let's see. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks again. I'm twisted up inside, but nonetheless I feel the need to say I don't know the future, but the past keeps getting clearer every day Don't be a moron Seriously, that's your advice for everything It applies to everything